podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Yes, listeners, welcome to the Five and Plan podcast. Hey! We're back! We're actually back, finally. This is the first proper pod of the season. Slightly delayed, but, Slightly. but we're here. But we're here. Yeah. And we're full of beans. We are. Are we? Are we full of beans? Well, I don't know. Yes, let's say we are until we start talking. Okay. It's very hot today, isn't it? It's, a very, it's probably it's the hottest, hottest day of the pod. year. It's such an English thing to say. We've ever, yeah, but it's true. I mean, it is hot. I, mean, I think I saw some of the equipment melting. Yeah, it probably was. Rob, Rob, wasn't uh, far away. it's a very English thing to say because we're English. Well, this is very true. But it's also very English to then complain about the rain and about the... I wasn't complaining about the rain. You will. Uh, I would love a bit of rain right now. At some point this season you'll say, oh, it's very wet outside, isn't it? No. Or, oh, it's very cold outside. Nope. English love weather. (laughs) I will not say that. Right, uh, on the pod this week, uh, Andy Street. Uh, Hi. How you doing? I'm all right, I'm a bit hot. Yeah. James Endicott, how hot are you? Really cool, actually. Okay. And Rob Sutherland, how you feeling? Hot shit, mate. Oh, God, okay. Good. Um, okay, so since the last pod, the last pod was a pre season. Not much has happened. No. No, no. We've no. had two league games. We've had one cup game. We've signed the most expensive Palace player ever in the club's, club's history. Twice. Twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. twice, yeah. Um, and that's it. two players. Actually, no, oh, no to, to be fair, I think we'd signed Townsend before that. Mid mid pre okay. season. I mean pod. that that pre season pod sounded. It feels like it was a long long time ago. Almost because it was. Okay. It was a long time ago. Happened since. Well, should we start off then with the first game of the season because that seems like a good place to start. Um, West Brom at home. Uh, I think didn't we all think this would be the perfect game to kick off the season? Well, James? I was looking forward to the game. Um, Pardew against Pulis, one of our old managers. Uh, the optimism of the new season. Um, Couple of signings, well, yeah, we had a couple of signings. Um, yeah, really excited. I, I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but it was a pretty boring game, wasn't it? I mean, I fell asleep. It was. I wasn't uh, even tired. It, <laughs> it was uh, exactly the sort of thing that happens when you play against West Brom. They drag you down to we their level. We, we were purist. We were purist again. We, let's, without faffing around, we were purist. Pardew was. Outthought and outmaneuvered, and we were purists. But he said the same thing happened. Exactly the same thing happened at the end, towards the end of last season, when we lost to Hull and West Brom 
Uh, no, we, I lie. Pre- season before, when Pulis first came, a uh, party first came in. God, you can tell it's been a while since I bothered. Um, and he said, "I will learn from that." And and clearly he hasn't, because it was exactly the same as that game a couple of years ago when they beat us at Celeste. Well, he, it was always going to be the case that a Pulis team would set out in the way that they inevitably did, and it was always inevitable that. Pardew doesn't really, I don't think, play to the opposition. Like, it was always inevitable that he was going to just go, well, I'll try and pick my best 11, we'll play like this, blah, 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 blah. And it's been, what, three or four times now that we've played against Pulis under Pardew, and every single time we've not really looked like, other than the home game at Sellers last season, where we did play really which, well. Which was fair. with our strongest team at the time. Which was with I our strongest team we... at the time. But it's kind of one of those that Pulis has always, and it shouldn't really necessarily come into a Pardew v Pulis Discussion, but it's always been the case that when he comes up against someone who's a really shrewd tactician, Pardew, he, he tends to get out thought, and it, it did happen again. And we look bereft of ideas, really, in that match. Yeah, does it feel, I mean, the, the phrase that keeps cropping up is, is plan B or lack thereof? It felt like, it felt to me, you know, the optimism that you're always going to a new season with. And, you know, let's be honest, apart from the cup run last season when we got to the cup final. You know, from about Christmas, January onwards, we were we were pretty dire. You know, it's pretty awful, and you expect the new season to move on and things to change. It just felt like nothing had really happened. It felt like we we're still bereft of ideas. That part you didn't have any, didn't have a, didn't even have a plan A. Never mind a plan B, in my book. And it was just like, and it was. It felt I was a bit disappointed, and I was a bit. I guess I was slightly saddened by the fact within like 15, 20 minutes, the people around me, and me myself included, were just going, here we go again. It's going to be a long season. And we were 20 minutes into the first game of 38, and we're going, oh my God, it's going to be a long season. And it really felt like that at the West Brom game. I think you, you, the, the problem with, with West Brom is that they're one of those horrible sides that if you don't take one, the one chance or the two chances you might have, mm. then... That that will just kill you, and it did that with Wilf's miss, um, where he went clear on goal uh, after Lee's sh- mm-hmm. Lee's pass, and then Wickham miss hitting that shot as well. I think, I think it's 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 understandable that people are frustrated with that with the performance in that match, but I th- I also think that you have to consider. The opposition and it's it's so typical of Pulis. It's just so so typical. Yeah, but Pardew should know that. Rob. But, but a lot of but a lot of, should, we'll know it course. on the stands. Oh, of course. So but why does he know There are a lot of teams and a lot of managers who have exactly the same difficulty. So it's not just unique to Pardew. There are plenty of teams that will come up against West Brom. Yeah, I don't care about other teams, though, Rob. I care about <laughs> I care about Crystal Palace. But I think I think that gives you context, and that's what's important as well. You have to look at you. You have to appreciate that what Pulis does is completely shut down the midfield. That's his entire game plan. Is it, if you can shut that midfield down, which is against Palace, you look at you've got Wilf and you've got uh, Townsend on one side. They were playing four centre-backs and all we seemed to do in the end, because the midfield was shut down, because nothing was going through the middle, all we seemed to do in the end was try and hoof it up, up to the up to Wickham. And you're, you're dealing with four centre-backs. They're all four centre-backs. None of them are full-backs. So they're not looking to attack. They're just happy to sit there and wait for you to lob the ball up. And with, in, in, unfortunately with Damien Delaney, that's one of the things that he always does when he gets frustrated. And he did that against West Brom far too much. I think the issue is that in the three matches we've had so far, you'd, you'd obviously be hard-pressed to say that we've played our strongest team, but it does suggest again, as was the case in the back end of last season, that if Pardew isn't with his best eleven, that we're going to struggle in matches because he doesn't really know how to make do. 
and that's not really quite good enough at this level. No, you absolutely. need to, you need to be able to make compromises and to, to be able to adapt and sort of show a little bit of intuition when you're not with your best team, when you've got injuries. And what was the thing that really killed us in the back end of last season that was, you know, Balassi being out for a period, Punchy being out for a, a Balassi, who's he? Well, yeah, quite. Um, Never heard of him. MacArthur, Kabai. MacArthur, like injuries. Play, but like, like these, well. these players weren't obviously fit or sharp yeah. or ready to play in one or more of the matches that we've played so far. And it does look like, again, if we are in a position where the, the first 11 isn't available we're going to see the same old thing and that's why Pardew teams are streaky because he, he just about knows how to set out his best 11 knows how to get them playing in a certain way and mm-hmm. just about making do but as soon as he is required to adapt or to make do with, with, with something that has to sort of deal with um, players being out he doesn't really know what to do and it, we, we didn't create many chances in that West Brom game you could kind of understand that because that's the nature of playing against the Pudis team but we didn't create very many chances in the Spurs game either yeah, yeah we created a few against yeah. Blackpool but you kind of be expecting that and even then like some of the playing that Blackpool game seemed a little bit obvious at times it's you know get it out to the wing hook it in and see if Bentaki can get on the end of it which which may well end up reaping dividends over the course of the season but it's, it's still obvious I think the, the frustration as well from the West Brom match and, and also from this from the first week and a half that we've had is that as you say that, that even last season he didn't seem to be able to make the best of what he had um, a lot of managers if you look at Pulis when we were on the verge of getting relegated and he came in and he turned us round he turned it into a side that was capable of working with the, the, the basic talent ultimately that we had we had Shamak and, and that was you know and then you had the wingers but really in terms of actual quality it wasn't a great deal and so we the fact that we, we went through that awful run towards the end of last season well for the second half of last season is indicative of the fact that Pardew doesn't have that ability to get a plan B the problem I think is with and um, we'll, we'll probably talk about it later, but Balassi and um, and uh, Balassi and <laughs> Jedi. Never heard of him, mate. No. Balassi and Jedi Jed being sold. Jed yeah. Oh problem- yeah, Jedi's gone. Yeah. Oh, that hasn't really sunk in yet. The problem with those <laughs> two leaving. Oh. The problem with those two leaving is the fact mm. that you end up with a weakened squad, and, yeah, and, yeah, and that's taken some of that. But we have away. bought Benteke and Townsend. Yeah. But I think well, this the, the point. The issue that was that was so apparent last season was that we didn't have enough quality in depth. Really, that was the argument that Pardew made yeah. as well. And then what do you do? You end up uh, signing two players, but you end up selling two players. So you're, you're, you're still at that point. Where yes, so we wouldn't have signed those players if we hadn't. Like people moaning about Balassi leaving and taking the money and all that. And there's been a lot of stuff on Twitter and stuff about him being a money grabbing whatever. We wouldn't have signed Benteke if Balassi hadn't gone. So. These are, you know, these are people that are still excited about Benteke. So you can yeah, you can yeah. fill your squad with loads of average players, but you're not going to sign huge ones like that unless you also take a hit by losing someone for money. And now I think we can all agree, Balassi for thirty million. Hey. Sorry, I think we can all agree, Everton's Yannick Balassi for thirty million <laughs> is an incredible business for us. Of I mean, course. he's not even is he even worth half of that? I'm not sure. I don't care what he's worth. I'm not going to the pub with that check in my pocket, am I? I wasn't asking you to. <laughs> well, that would be a really good night. I would it like would you to go to the pub with that check in your pocket. <laughs> I bet you would. But I've I seen know. your tab in the commercial. I in think the, the, the problem is that other pubs are available. If you're talking about progressing and, and if you're talking about improving the squad, then the way that you do that is by keeping your best talent and also supplementing the squad with better players. But that ha- that is ultimately where, and that could ha- that could change in the next week. And I, I'm not saying that it won't, but 
if you're gonna if you're talking about that, then keeping players like Belassi will make a significant difference in terms of actually having more options. A lot of it's a PR nice point positions. as well because yeah. albeit that albeit sorry in memory of Kev you are sitting in where Kev sits actually. I am sitting in Kevin's seat I feel yeah. really really inclined yeah. right now to have a terrible yeah. glass of Pinot Grigio mispronounce loads of words <laughs> and, and speak ad nauseum not let any of you lot speak yeah. sorry that's my job here. It's yeah, a, it's a pro- it is a proven seat it well. is a proven seat albeit albeit uh, I've, I've completely forgot what I was saying no it's kind of, a, kind of a PR point in some ways in that yeah you can understand that to bring Bentec in on the amount of money that he's coming on and with the transfer fee that there probably needed to be a big out the problem was that, yet again, it kind of seemed that the the way we'd gone about our business was a little bit unstructured, a little bit chaotic in not saying, well, we'll let you go, but only once we've fully announced everything, so they're more or less simultaneous. And it was that gap that seemed to leave people sort of wondering, well, are we going to be able to bring in the signings? True, and we've seen enough windows where stuff's fallen through definitely. to kind of think, well, we might sell them and get in the money to bring in someone else, but, but do we, we not know told? that get I think over the line? Someone, be it Steve Parrish or Alan Pardew, out had it. said at some point, had said at some point, we will not sell Belassi until we have someone confirmed in. So when Belassi went, I was a bit like, okay, well, Bentec is bound to happen. And obviously, like I say, it, it took a few days. And obviously, in the world of Palace, a few days equates to a few days of meltdown um, but it did happen but going back to your point Rob having Balassi in the team would have uh, made us stronger I would beg to differ that he probably won't fit into the style of play uh, or hasn't got the attributes that we're looking for now at Benteke because we've spoken for years on this podcast about Balassi's lack of end product and when we're now got a player up front who we know we need to get balls into and we saw on Tuesday night it was well, Jordan much for some reason, but but Townsend that wide, and you can see that all they're trying to do is get balls into the box with with Ben. Well, and and probably wouldn't have done that. We say that, but in his first game for Everton, you know, lay one on a plate for Lukaku that you really should have scored, putting a wonderful cross to to Ross Barkley. It's kind of one of those things where Palace fans sometimes have to be a bit night and day, black and white about things, and say, you know, he has no end product or he is the best player in the world. <laughs> yeah, Balassi, Balassi was still able to create chances, uh, sometimes didn't do so enough, yeah. but he still, I think, would have complimented Benteke well. I can perfectly understand why they've decided to take the money in that context. It's a huge amount of money for a guy who hasn't scored a ridiculous amount of goals at Premier League levels at an age where he's probably reaching his peak, and in a market where people are paying stupid money. So I can perfectly understand it, but I think we have to be careful about saying, well, you know, he wouldn't have fit because I, I think he probably would. I think also very, very quickly, I think that the, the, my issue isn't so much that losing Balassi means that, you know, we can't have him in the team and whatever else. If we'd have kept him, we, we'd have had to play. But this is about rotation as much as anything else. And if now, because we haven't actually signed an additional quality winger, as in, we've got we've got uh, Townsend, but we've he's come in to replace Balassi. What happens if Townsend or Wilf gets injured? Then you've got Sacco playing on the wing again. Well, same old problem we had last year. So, but this exactly is exactly what you know. This exactly is where the quality is lacking, and I think that's the issue. So, so we can talk about the you know important transfer transfer business, but really, what that needs to be is is a better quality of players than the likes of Sacco and the likes of Chung Yong. I think the thing that we've learned through the three full seasons we've been in the Premier League and entering into our fourth is that what you really need is um, a squad. Mm. Yeah. And it's exactly what you're talking about, Rob. Definitely. You know? And I think one of the things that I think we may have mentioned on the pod towards the end of last season is you know, we want these players to come in, but really we don't want any of them to go. I would rather the Jedi and Balassi stayed of course I would have done not for sentimental reasons because they were there when we did this and we did that but purely because they will enhance the squad and that's what you need you need people you need players fighting for places 
And I think that's something that we've tended to lack. And yeah, as you say, we've got a week to go in the transfer window and it's all going to get crazy and the clock's going to be counting down and we'll end up buying somebody from know, Norwich or something. I don't know. But, you know, we really need, we need to strengthen that squad and we need to bring in players who are not necessarily going to be playing in the first team. And right now we're still missing... A defensive midfielder. What happens if we're well, missing a we're missing a right back as well? Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I think. And then if you look at the Spurs, the Spurs performance, um, I, I've seen extended highlights of it. I wasn't able to watch the, the match, um, but it, it was one of those. It, it looked like it was one way traffic for most of the first half, which is is concerning really because that that like the 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 way that we play as a Pardew side, I thought was supposed to be one that is competitive. Part of that is because we we are missing MacArthur, or you know he's he finally played uh, played yesterday, and he was it was really good to see him back, and also Kabai and the fact that he hasn't played since he's come back from his international duty. So it's yeah, because he played such a lot, didn't he? It's crazy. I think I think yeah, really really busy, wasn't he? Kibai? I think the argument <laughs> is he must have been really tired after those thirty five minutes he played in defense of Pardew. I think the reason still training for, every day though, isn't it? But the Ooh, reason yeah, for it hard, is yeah. that he, well, but and there's also an, uh, I'll go get a bus every day. <laughs> there's, there's some kind of I think there's there's a UEFA regulation I don't know if Andy knows but there's a, a regulation that requires that after a tournament players get th- three or four weeks off so during that time they'd have probably said look you just need to rest because you've had a, a terribly long season and it's been really difficult for you you've had loads of injuries niggling injuries throughout that so I can understand giving them a break but equally you're missing a, a, a crucially important centre midfielder for the first two weeks three weeks of a well, and, and, and then again you know why not say to Villa and say to Jednak we're going to let you go but you're going at the end of the window once we've got this player a bit mm-hmm. sharper once we've got more options in central midfield we're not going to leave ourselves sure and have to lug in the, the likes of Chignon Lee because we're sort of rejigging things a little bit we're not going to end up having to play Jordan much and it's kind of that lack of strategic planning which I think sometimes leaves, leaves fans a little bit frustrated and worried can I, can I just raise a question it's something that always bugs me and this is the pre-season friendly mm. and here we are with three competitive games into the season one of them a cup game and two league games and here we are, we're scrabbling around. Pardew doesn't know his best level. We don't know the best level. The transfer window's still open. It, it still feels to me like we're in the middle of a pre-season. Exactly. It feels like a pre-season. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking from a Crystal Palace point of view. I'm talking for the league in general. Mm-hmm. But going holding that down to Palace, which is why we're here, it feels like it's a pre-season still. Why? And, you know, and why is that? I think it's for various reasons. I think the transfer window should be finished before the start of the season. Mm-hmm. And, and also all this I mean I don't know I, okay there's champion, European championships or World Cups or whatever happens and you know I just think it's I just there's too many excuses there's too many excuses oh it's alright it'll take four or five you, you, you even hear the bigger managers you know bigger than yeah. your Padres your Mourinho's and all this lot talking it'll take a few games to get into it why? why? If I start a job on, I mean, you know, here we go again, you know. If I start a job on day one, yeah, can you give me like a month just to get into this job? I might be a bit crap, but in about a month I'll be all right. No, you start on day one, mate. You get on with it. You do it. You know, and I'm just, all right, there's the fitness levels. I understand the fitness levels and competition gets. I understand all that. But in terms of the squad and knowing where people play and your best 11, hello. I don't think there's, it seems a little bit bereft of ideas for me. I mean, I'm, I'm being slightly negative for argument's mm-hmm. sake. But it does seem a little bit 
don't know. We seem a bit lost. And we seemed so when we did that pre-season pod. We were all so optimistic because we'd had what three faces come in more or less on yeah. July first, and we thought you know that we're doing the business early. Great, exactly. But I mean, so he, we could get ready for the beginning of the season. Yeah. So. Even with the Benteke deal, it ended up taking probably three weeks longer than it otherwise should have because we were messing around with the fee. You know, we put in an offer that ended up being so derisory from Liverpool's point of view that it was leaked to the press. It, with all the stuff about the clause relating to Palace making the Champions League <laughs> and effectively putting in a lower offer than we'd previously put in if, if reports are to be believed I mean it was that sort of messing around trying to get a tiny bit of extra value on a player who is going to cost a lot of money no matter what and trying to negotiate against the club you're not negotiating against the Brighton and Hove Albion here. you're negotiating against Liverpool we've got an absolute ton of money or a huge club and don't want to be seen to have done a bad deal in the eyes of their fans it was always going to take basically going close to what they wanted for him and, and, and we messed around for weeks on it nice dig at Brighton their way. argument Thanks. was that Liverpool's argument Excellent. was that, that you're, they, were, they were willing to let him go for the fee that they signed him for last season but the thing is the fees just in the last is since last season have inflated yeah, by, course, by yeah. about a yeah. quarter like by yeah, also, he's, not, he's not worth what they bought him for last season based, based on his performances that, well, that's that. That's that is true to some extent, but then they paid what they paid for him last last season because of how well he'd done at Aston Villa. So it, it's kind of it, it levels out. But their argument was that he was worth about forty million pounds. That was supposedly what the argument was from Liverpool. And to be the, fair, though, if Balassi is thirty million pounds and. Penteke probably is. Yeah. 40, I mean, it's, isn't it's, it? it's, yeah. yeah, and I'm 25 million. <laughs> you probably are, yeah. And to give some context to the Yannick Balassi <laughs> transfer fee, Yannick is. You could argue that Yannick is one of the biggest players in Africa now like in terms of identity and in terms of his the, the the personality that he has you know so with that there comes that extra level of expectation and also the extra fee if you look at Palace's decision to sell him and, and I appreciate that they, they felt that it was right to do it um, they you've got to take into context that he had injuries last season he didn't score many goals his assists weren't that great and he's also going going to the African Cup of Nations this year, so you, you automatically lose him for two months. So in, in the in the end, it's I, I just wish that we designed more than just Townsend as a winger. That we designed maybe two. You know that we we maybe get. Oliver well, we have we've been linked Forest. with uh, Ashley Young, haven't yeah, we? I don't know how true. much truth there is in that. Whether it's just agent talk, maybe I'll just fall over when he. But gets it should have been. How, how do you guys feel about him? Very negatively. <laughs> I'm going to boo him from the outset. Are you going to start a petition? I'm going to start a petition and then immediately recant on that when he ends up doing something. To be fair, else. if we are talking about players that have died against Palace, we've literally just signed one in yeah. for 13 million. Yeah. So yeah. Who our fans started a petition on? <laughs> Did that already? Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. So that's what the petition was. Maybe that was um, what they were negotiating about. Each of them yeah. had to give a personal apology to to Christian Benzema. I think, but I think Ashley Young would actually be be very very good for us. But the ben, problem is again, like it, it's then going to take what four weeks them all to gel together and to get used to playing with one another and yes you drive a little bit of extra value if you do it all at the end of the transfer window yeah you might save a few quid here and there but ultimately you know the Premier League season isn't that long yeah 38 games in, in, if you're talking about getting four or five games in and also it's the very the very window. compact at the beginning of the season it as well, is, yeah. well and and also, we'd then, also agreed that the start of the season was one of our better runs I think haven't we yeah so yeah. how the fixtures are. Ultimately, well, yeah, we've had a great start ultimately you, you're kind of starting at a tiny bit of a handicap, really, by, by sort of going about things in that way. And we thought this season wouldn't be that way, and it, it's ended up being that way. So, albeit that there were some slightly albeit. ridiculous, albeit, albeit that there were some slightly ridiculous meltdowns on Twitter, I do understand a lot of people's frustration. Does it feel a bit like um, the way we've been playing in pre-season in the last couple of weeks? We're just sort of, sort of been waiting for Penteke a bit. 
You know what I mean? Sort of waiting and hoping that would happen and then, oh, right, he's turned up now, so that's going to kind of solve our goal-scoring problems. It doesn't seem like we're playing decisively. Like, that that was the sense that I got from the West Brom game. It was, it was meandering and the, it, it's one of those things where you have to have... Play, like, players like Johan Kabai are the kind that can dictate the the mood of a game. They can... You know they can dictate how how quickly the, the the ball goes or how slowly it goes. They can speed it up, slow it down, and you do miss that kind of quality. Equally, you miss someone like MacArthur who spends who, who you, you think of him as just a workhorse, but he's got so so much quality on the ball in terms of just the vision and the ability to see others. When you lose those two players, you do lose some of that. But I think that dis, that, that that it speaks for the rest of the squad that without those two players, you end up missing. A significant amount from inequality. From the worry for me is that I just don't see there being an overriding identity to how we play under Pardew. We pass better than we did under Pulis, but equally at times the ball retention is sloppy. We we try to play on the front foot, but we leave ourselves horribly open at, at the back because of how poor our fullbacks are. We try to hit teams on the break but struggle to actually create meaningful chances and again I, I watched the Spurs match um, and felt that although some of our fans felt that we played okay we struggled to really create much in the way of clear cut chances and you, you'd really struggle to say what the DNA of a Pardew team is mm-hmm. and hopefully with some of these new players that are, are still bound to come over the next week he might start to find that but the worrying thing is that it's kind of taken the signing of the £30 million striker and the possible signing of more £18 million players or you know £10 million players or whatever for us to develop any sense of, of optimism or for that sense of optimism to be engendered in fans, which is, is a worry. You shouldn't have to just go out into the transfer market and spend an absolute fortune for a manager to be able to improve the team and to develop that sense of identity in how they play. And I, I do hope that we start to see that. And I have no doubt that with the three that are now effectively in charge, not the four anymore, I have no doubt that they'll be ruthless if he continues to meander about and not get results. Do you think that getting rid of Jednak um, is perhaps one of the one of the approach one of the ways to, to kind of make a change to the identity of the team to try and move us away from that defensively minded kind of strong holding approach to playing and and rather than being a counter-attacking side, being one that's com- a bit more comfortable in possession, a bit more able to break teams up. Do you think that that is... Because th- that's the impression I get in some ways, that Jednak was such a strong influence on the side as a captain, as a leader, but also as a defensive unit. But also, the, the, the biggest problem that Jednak had was firstly a lack of pace and secondly a lack of vision and an inability to retain possession. And I so, think those three things are the reason why he's gone. Yeah. That's it. But that changes. But that changes by removing that and, and taking that dependence away on, on a player from a player like that. That changes the entire. If you're removing Jednak, you... you've not just removed that. You've removed a captain and a leader in the dressing room. And we saw Delaney's comments uh, on Instagram. I think it was when he went. Was that right on Instagram? I feel like Delaney said something about Jednak. Um, do we think in the long term that might be losing him? Might be more of a disrupt, disruptive influence in the, in the dressing room side of things. Well, ultimately, that that dress room is going to have to transition because he was getting no younger, as as none of us are, and he, he was, you know, probably past his peak at that particular level. I think it's it's easy to use him as almost like the the iconic figure of that style of play, but it's not just down to him that 
the, the fullbacks are terrible. It's not just down to him that we look porous at the back. You know, he, he didn't play every game last season. He came back into the team when we were really starting to struggle. And Pardew tried to transition, but the slide had started before he actually ended up making it back into the team. And if anything, Pardew probably waited too long before recalling him. So I can see that argument and, and why people would make it. I just I think it's a little bit of a, a, an easy cop out, frankly. I think there's a big change in the spine of the side as well. If you look at, um, you know, we're, we're, we've signed Tomkins as a centre-back, mm. probably to replace Delaney. You're, you've got Jednak being um, being removed from the side, yeah. ideally with another defensive mid coming in. You've got a, a striker that's being replaced, and or, or, you know, that's been added. And then you've got Mandan, uh, Mondanda sorry, at the, uh, in goal. And, mm. and so if you change that entire spine, that can change... That can ultimately change how. Of course, plays, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's the it's the spine. Mondanda looked amazing. He looked very, very good yesterday in terms of just confidence in in terms of getting the ball. You know, well, we're playing Lapple. One yeah, goal, course, one but, clean sheet. Of course, but, but equally, you, you, you're asking him to collect crosses and make saves and be communicative uh, against whoever the opposition is. Very good feats. Very good feats. Really, his distribution was oh, fantastic. Very good feats. So, just saying. But it'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend because I think I think if Pardew watched that I know it's Blackpool but if he watched that I think he no, I'd like to think he watched it I'm hoping he was watching it well, what I mean yeah. is if he saw the <laughs> if, if, if he saw the performance he might have looked at, yeah, yeah. at that and thought better than Hennessy maybe hmm. uh, well we will get on to uh, previewing the next game which is Bournemouth at home in the last part of the pod but for now we're going to wrap up part one and go to part can two can I just say it's, it sounds uh, like we're being ultimately negative <laughs> it does, I think it we does. are a little bit we are being a little bit negative but I just think it's a realisation I'm very excited about the season starting you know and I want Palace to do well obviously I want us to do well and I want Pardew to bring some players in and the board to bring some play, players in I just I feel there's just something missing there at the moment and I really want it to be there well if I knew then I'd be managing the club I'd love to see you as manager of the club. Well, I'd love to see myself as manager of the club, but I'm waiting for that phone call from Parish. Uh, <laughs> why? Yeah, why are we? Stevie ain't calling. Why? <laughs> he ain't calling. It, it does feel like everyone's being a bit sort of down on things at the moment, but because it's hot. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Okay, right. That's the end of part one. In part two, we've got questions from our listeners. So join us in a bit. Hello, welcome back to the Five Year Plan podcast. Hey! Hey! Pod 184. No way. And, uh, lads, I know it's been a few weeks since the last pod, uh, and I'm a bit rusty because I forgot to do the sponsors in part one. I I think that's what they pay us for, that employed sponsorship. Yeah. So basically that we convey ourselves in the way that their brands would convey themselves. Which is what exactly? Well, just we have to be innovative. We have yeah. to be embroidered, and you're wearing a very embroidered shirt. Yeah. Um, you have to consult, and we consulted with one another in that first And we are in South London. Yeah, and we are in South London. And it's wonderful. I yeah. will. And, um, and then <coughs> Enders is on case. So all, all in all, shall I just actually Shall I just actually read out the actual sponsors? We are, of course, sponsored uh, again for this season, and we're delighted to have on board uh, Vector for all your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with Okay. Okay. And uh, JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Mm. I nailed it. Visit jc-is.com. I will. 
Good. JD, I really will actually. Oh, so you're good. like the Palace Squad, it's going to take you a month to get going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Outmatch practice, he was busy doing a European Championships pod during the summer. There's been no he's new, tired. There's no new arrivals. It's the same squad as last season. It's a UEFA regulation, he's had to have four weeks of pod rest. That's why, that's why we didn't pull for the first week. I apologise, guys. Season. I am a bit rusty, but uh, we will get there. Uh, and in fact, now it's time for uh, questions Ooh. from our uh, listeners. Uh, we've got loads, so I will try and get through as many as possible, but I apologise to anyone that doesn't get one read out. Uh, but the first question comes from... E- e- Eagles. The name's just Eagles. Oh, hi, Eagles. At, at, Eagles. at, at Houston TXCPFC. Uh, and they say... Were you on strike from podding until Palace scored a competitive goal? Yes. yes. That's a really yes. good excuse. Yeah. That is a good excuse. Thanks very much, Houston. Uh, <coughs> uh, good. Okay, let's, let's go with that as our official line. <laughs> that was a really quick answer, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah that okay. was exactly why. Uh, Which means we're not doing a pod again now until December. <laughs> okay. Goodbye. Matt Deebs. Oh, hi, hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Hey, Matt. Says, with Remy seemingly on board, we didn't mention Remy in part one, oh, yeah. Palace been linked with a loan move for, uh, for Loic Remy. 4 4 2, or play solo striker and keep him on the bench with his speed. So, what would you do if Remy turned up? Would you, would you change things about or keep the system we play currently? Andy? Uh, I reckon he'd end up playing out wide a fair amount as well. Mm. I, I, I very much doubt we're going to go to an old fashioned 4 4 2. We tried experimenting a lot with it last season where we tried playing Balassi just off. Wickham at times or Balassi just off anyone who, who would go up up top for us and we, we just we, we're not drilled in that way of playing and it would take quite a long time I think to transition to setting up in a completely different manner I wouldn't be surprised to see him drop probably Wilf because there seems to be you know some sort of antagonism between the two of them at times and going Remy and Townsend either side of um Benteke and Remy can play slightly wider. Can he? He's not known for his crossing, though, is he? No, he's not really a sort of winger. Well, neither is Wolf, to be fair. <laughs> true, yeah, true, <laughs> very true. Um, I think it'd be a shame if, if I mean, Remy's not even signed for us, but it would how, feel a bit like sort of dry how likely is it? How likely is it's it? It's a loan move. It's all a bit. Is it likely? Or I mean, I haven't, I haven't been reading the Daily Mail today. <laughs> None of us do. Um, I think it reports elsewhere suggest um, that yeah, it's it's close to being a done deal I think okay. but as with Palace we always wait until we see a player holding a shirt before we make an assumption Jam, my favourite thing so you, you know that some fans have got excited and uh, photoshopped Christian Benteke's head onto like uh, I, I think it must have been Tompkins and then changed the skin tone blah 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 the Metro in a story about Palace and about Benteke used the wrong photo they did. <laughs> actually used the one that was James Tompkins' body with uh, Benteke's head and on. that story was um, uh, the Delaney quotes about Benteke yeah. weren't they which were taken horribly out of context they, they were but yeah Damo wise enough and sort of long enough in the tooth to know that um, journalists will selectively quote they're, they're not there to repeat what you've said verbatim without any sort of comment and not to find a line as I said earlier they will cut and they will paste and they will twist journalists will find a line one way or the other did you say that earlier? he did yeah, to did, us yeah. outside yeah oh okay when we're outside looking Ender's at lesson in journalism number one it's the only lesson yeah, yeah. one of one one of one. Okay, next good, question. Good question, though. Thank you. Good yeah, question. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good question. I can't remember who it's from. Next one is from Zero at Hail Discordia. 
Oh, excellent. Hi, Zero. We've got some weird names this week. But, no, it's uh, not weird. It's just good. It's, it's, it's different. Their question is, with multi-million pound superstars coming in, Ooh. does anyone feel Palace's identity beginning to change? I was thinking about this. And is this a good thing? Right? I was thinking about this because I thought we probably now, in terms of probability, got a greater chance this season, you would imagine, of getting to an FA Cup final again and, and winning it than we probably did last season. But I think... In some ways, and people are probably writing, and you're talking nonsense, it'd be great either way. I think it will probably feel a little bit less special if you win it with a group that's been assembled at vast expense and using millions and millions and millions. Ooh, so than, you're saying that the that individuals group. are bigger than the club? I'm not saying the individuals no, you are. are bigger that's than the exactly club. That's exactly what you're no, saying. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that because that group of players have been on a journey that had come from more or less the bottom of the championship, a lot of them had. And fought their way through to. But we've been on that. But up. we've been on that journey. Well, yeah, but I'm not playing you at right back. No, anyway. but I'm saying, but we that, as I'd a like club, but we as a club have been on that journey. So now, whether the actual eleven players on the pitch running around slightly change, then but surely the the backroom staff, the fans, we've all been on that journey. So you're saying that you would feel exactly the same seeing Ashley Younggard to get the FA Cup for Palace as you would do if Milo Jednak went up. Was next question? <laughs> I, think, like, I think I think us fans have sentimentality, don't we? So we can we can look at it. Oh, I don't. I'm dead inside. You have got no, but so I think... much sentimentality. Listen uh, to you. I wish you have. You've got sentiment. How dare you? Andy you has have. a tear running I down think, his eye. Uh, players do Take too, because we have seen we've had Jedi and Demo come on this very podcast and talk about the team spirit and how important that is. He but... won't remember the Jedi one. <laughs> no. But um, <laughs> sorry, I just like to publicly apologise. I don't ever want to speak to you again. Scaring Jedi away from the club. Yeah, exactly. I mean, no one's actually mentioned that in the coverage of why he left. <laughs> exactly. I, I think it was a genuine motivating factor. It was probably a factor. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. that, like that, uh, that group of players that went through what they've been through in the last few years and that kind of unity. That one, that is pr- really quite rare in top level football. And two, it's never going to last forever. It was going to end at some point, and. Now's that time with Jedi leaving, and we're probably going to see less of Demo this season, I suspect. So, I mean, unfortunately, these things just don't last forever. Our identity has changed massively over the last four years. We were a team that would that, that for a long time was a yo-yo side. We were then a, a side that went through two administrations in that spell. Mm. We uh, we've had we've had managers like uh, Burley and Peter Taylor and all sorts. And now we're Premier League side, and we're 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 you know we're into our fourth season in a row of Premier League football. I mean, this is a this is a massive massive change in identity. Ultimately, you've got people talking about Crystal Palace as a Premier League team, and that that's so. So in in regards to the club losing its identity, that won't change because ultimately, I don't think it's losing it. I think no. it's it, it's a very good question because I, I understand it. You know, I understand the question, and you know, obviously things change and. Modern football is changing quicker than most things. Let's all be honest, you know, the, the way that it's all changing. We can all see it. We just watch it on the telly or we go to games. And we can all see it changing. But I do believe that clubs are still clubs. If you go to Everton, mm. it's still Everton. You go to Liverpool, you go to Man United, you go to Crystal Palace, you go to Millwall, you go wherever you... Ipswich, you go wherever you go. There's still... There's still the, the core of the club is still what it is. Mm. It's still built around that community. I think the great thing about this club is which we, we always... We, all, we here on this pod we've gone about it more than most is, is that sense of identity in the community I, and yes bringing in players like Benteke and Townsend and you know whatever and Kabais of this world of course they aren't born and bred in Norwood you know like Punchin was or Zahar was 
but and yes maybe they are there to just get the wages but you know what that's the way it is you know and this but there's still everything around it and we're still there we're still there you know so it takes longer to get served in the Porsons now though well, doesn't it it's very busy on match day but they do do three different types of roll now mm. do they yeah what's but the third one you haven't got the memo why do you get well, what's, what's the, the, what's the, the third, third one, one? Yeah, I'm happy cheese, cheese and onion, onion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not a fan of that cheese, cheese and salad mate cheese salad cheese and onion's good cheese yeah. onion's good do you know what this this is why we get comments going yeah. you lot talk about food too much that's literally the first time we mentioned food on this podcast well that's because we've not done one this season we haven't got any snack and cheese I'm a bit disappointed uh, anyway I'm right. sorry about the little rants but you know yes no, of I course no, you, you, you do lose a bit of audience of course you do but do you Don't think it's changing or not? Because a lot of people, of course a lot it's of fans, changing. Yeah. Of course it's changing, but that you know, what, in we're what all way, changing. In what way? Well, because we're coming, we're becoming a Premier League club. Identity rather than a Championship club. Backs against the wall, kind of. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this the South London and proud. The link between the fans and the club. That kind of strong thing we were also proud of when we came up into the Premier League. Do you think that that is still there? Do you think we still have that? No, I'm not, I'm not sure it is. And I, I think I, I said this as soon as we stayed up. Actually, I said I think there's going to be a little bit of an existential crisis for some Palace fans because we were used to always going down and just having you know that salvation grasped away from us at the very last. And it was always likely that a few seasons in the Premier League the nature of that league and the corporatisation of it was always going to seep in mm. to Palace to, to a certain extent and you've only got to look at the sort of marketing efforts that we go to in terms of American fans in terms of going on pre-season tours to North America in terms of trying to do initiatives in Asia all that sort of stuff it's, it's a very new thing for Palace and it's a very different identity the difficulty is in terms of saying well yes that's now changed but what could it otherwise be? Lots of championship clubs now struggle to, to fill their stadia at all. Do so losing a huge amount of money. Do so with sort of minimal interest in, in the club from lots of fans. You know, you quite often will watch the Football League show and see half-empty stadia. So, ultimately, what what is the alternative, really? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, you know, there was um, a friend of the pod who is known to us all, who will go unnamed, who did say to me after the cup final said to me, you know what, after about after the tears had dried, after about an hour or two, said, you know what, in a way, I'm, we were never going to win the FA Cup because that's just not Palace. Yeah. And, you know, there's that sense. But and why, you know, but but, why but, can't it be Palace? I don't know, I'm just saying, but I'm saying that, that identity, but that is part of the identity. Yeah. Having that attitude is part oh, of the identity. Definitely, but there will be so, some fans saying that why can't we change that and why can't we be Well, because different. It's, it's the nature of the beast, isn't it? It's then what, we're going to whinge about in the pub? But it's a progressive, well, exactly, it's exactly. A progressive thing. Though, you just get, it? You'll get yeah, to the yeah, portions, you go, oh, we played really well today. Yeah, yeah, it's great, wasn't it? We were really good today, We've we? got nothing else to say, brilliant. So, yeah, true. yeah, just well, sitting on a bench like staring into space. Speaking of and speaking of things to moan about, the next question is from <laughs> Wayne Hart Loveless. Uh, hi, Wayne. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Wayne. And he says, "What do you think of all this pard you out after two games? Have we become what we feared?" Dot dot dot. Charlton fans. Well, no, because <laughs> no. we don't support a League One team. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think you've got to contextualise a little bit yes you're always going to get people who are looking for the first sign of trouble this this season to jump onto it but it was a very bad run last season you know you're now talking about two wins in 23 yeah win, exactly He's, it's, we're not talking two games you know, we're talking 23 games I mean you are talking about a 23 game run if you look back to back and obviously but is it, it fair to do that it, perhaps not you know perhaps it's a little bit disingenuous because 
you start the new season with a new slate, and or you at least should do. But fans don't really look at it like that. We didn't look at it like that when Friedman had that unfortunate run to the end of that season and had the the bad run that started the the promotion season where we lost three in a row quite badly. And fans were talking about the extended run beforehand rather than looking just at the, the limited sample of games at the start of that season. Fans will remember that. Fans remember how you finish the season and that sort of palpable frustration that goes away a bit for the summer will come to the surface again pretty quickly if the form continues in the manner that it finished that previous season in. I guess in the same way, some people. I personally think you would start a new season, you wipe the slate clean. And <laughs> although I do understand some fans' frustration because it does appear from the first two games that we haven't really sort of learned anything from in the last season. I think that's why people then tag on the that run to this run. But I personally think if you start again, you just wipe the slate clean. But that. my point is, if we'd had a winning run and we'd at the end of last season and we continue winning this season then people would be putting those two together and saying oh it's so but, you know, we were saying at the end of last season you know it'd be really great we just need to get a few results towards the end of the season just so we all leave on a high you know we're not going down we may you know whatever. we just need to end end this bad run a little bit just so we're going to the next season with that heightened sense of expectation look at the end of the day we're football fans we all want our team to win and we all think we're going to win and and you know, 20 minutes into the first game two league games into the season we're looking around going not a lot has changed but you know but we, I ain't going to give my season ticket up I'm still going to go yeah. I'm still going to cheer for the rafters and hopefully we'll do well and hopefully we'll get some players in but that's the nature of the beast and it's balanced you know and you've got to blame some of it on the manager you've got to blame some of it on the players who are a little bit tired because they ran around 30 minutes in France you know whatever you know Lots I think you ran around for 30 minutes in you've France. also got to remember that this is this isn't just this isn't just the 23 games because you're you're talking about um, essentially one and a half seasons of uh, atrocious home form and yeah. like really, really poor home form. And Pardew said, well, you know, we want to try and fix that. But he hasn't done. Mm-hmm. You know, and he said that at the start of last season, mm-hmm. we want to try and fix the home yeah, form. Yeah, it's not yeah, being good true, enough. True. And he hasn't done. So so there is, you've got to remember that context. And when you talk about, you know, uh, Palace have d- done fine away from home. Um, but you're, you're seeing 3,000, 4,000 fans go to those games. But when it comes to the, the, the you know, the meat of your season ticket what you're actually spending your money on and you're constantly going to home games seeing us lose or or you know scrape a draw that is frustrating and understandably people will get annoyed that said i think as as in your case i think you do have to kind of wipe the slate clean on the basis that we still managed to get safety we got an fa cup to an fa cup final and and lost in in extra time this is not something like you know, if he, if we'd have won that game, you'd have you'd have said the party was one of our most successful managers in our history. In fact, the most successful because that would have been the first piece of silverware that we'd ever won. Uh, it was like, well, yeah, of course. If you don't mind, yeah. But Sorry, I mean, Cup on a number of occasions as well. Fair point. And promotions from the that don't know, count. winning the second division and stuff. <laughs> but I think I think that, 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 that you know that there is reasonable. You, you've got to give people a fair amount of. Uh, you know, leash when it comes to this, and say uh, it's understandable that people are frustrated. This is, you know, the, the West Brom game again. Someone, uh, Pardew, even said a fan said to me more of the same, and he said, "Well, Pardew said, well, he wants to change that, but it, you have to see it. You have to actually, we have, we want to see that happen." Yeah. Okay. With that in mind, Sean Juliard. Oh, hi, Sean. Hi, Sean. Hi, Sean. Asks, 
how many games does Pardew have to turn things around before he gets the chop? I think that, as I said, as I alluded to, I think the, the three that they've got in charge now, as opposed to the four, are gonna, would be a lot more ruthless and probably less sentimental than the 20, 2010 board were at times. Um, the 2010 board were occasionally quite patient, really, with managers. They certainly didn't lose patience with, with Dougie. They didn't get rid of Holloway immediately. It kind of took a complete fans' revolt with that Fulham game for him to go. They probably persisted with Warnock for four weeks longer than a lot of fans would have. I, I think they probably would have given Pardew just enough rope to eventually hang himself with, but probably allowed him quite a bit of rope. I, I think that the new guys, you know, they've got a record of running private equity fund, funds. These are going to be fairly ruthless guys. I, I don't think they will allow it to get to, you know, November if, if a bad run continues for that period. Yeah. So it's, it's, as lo- it's as long as bad form continues for, really. It, he's, he's now 3-1, to one, I think, to be the first Premier League manager to get the sack. Let's let's talk about it in three weeks' time, though. You know, if, if there's sort of one point from the next three games, then he's, he's in dangerous territory, I think. So then there's another question about Pardew. It's, I feel like it's quite a loaded one from... Devon Mendenhall. Oh, hi, Devon. Hi, Devon. He says, tell me why you like Pardew. I, I like him because he can bring in players. Can that sounds like the that. sort of text message that Pardew might send to you. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys like Pardew? Um, I do. And that's, it's difficult because I think, I think if I, you know, with a bit more, with a little bit less sentimentality, I think I'd be a bit more ruthless and say that, that give him five six more matches and that's it you know but I, th- I, I would I, I think there are a lot of Palace fans who still have that hope that that he can you know that he that he can turn it around and uh, to me he's kind of a symbolism of of South, like South London and proud but you have to, for that to happen he has to give us something to be proud of I think lots of fans already started to turn against him a little bit and personally I'm, I'm not you know, I'm not a massive fan of, of him. I, I think he sometimes conveys himself in the media in slightly strange ways and doesn't always do himself a world of favours. You know, he'll sometimes come out with comments in, in press conferences that you just sit up and go, why have you said that? And partially that makes me a hypocrite because I, I look at what fans say about press conferences sometimes and go, it doesn't matter. You know, a lot of what's said there is said for the benefit of the team or said for the benefit of the opposition rather than for the benefit of the fans. But sometimes he, I think he struggles with some of that sort of PR angle. Um, do I like him? I don't know the guy. So that's my sitting on the fence answer. That's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's a football manager. Yeah, well, let's move on. Well said. <laughs> um, so the next question is from Bradley Hartnett. Hi, Bradley. Hi, Bradley. Hello. It says, would our form in 2016 have been completely different had MacArthur and Kabai been fit and started in centre midfield every week? Yes. <laughs> Are we talking fit as in before before the the Christmas period last season? Because that because well, no, I think we lost we lost MacArthur at the start of February. Right. Yeah. Fair point. So I'm guessing they mean during the bad run in 2016. Yeah, I think so. We would have picked up a few more points, but equally there there were signs of slippage before. MacArthur went out injured we looked like we were starting to run out of steam and we spoke at length and ad nauseum last season they mean the same thing good uh, about the fact that we'd overperformed in that first half of the season I, I think there needs to be a slightly different mix in central midfield maybe that'll come with whoever 
we're signing whether it ends up bit who we link with I can't even remember there's Sissoko. been so many Sissoko we've been linked yeah. with you know there's, there's various options that might come in to, to change that mix a little bit um, but the form in 2016 was so bad that you think that having a few more available fit players must have had some sort of effect yeah hmm. okay um, Richie Wise back Oh, hi, hi Richie. Richie. Hey, Richie. Oh, Richie. Bit of a, Richie. Bit of a pod Richie. question regular. Yes. He says, uh, do you think TBFC 2010 still pinch themselves every morning now that we are purchasing players for two to three times what they paid for the club and the ground? Do <laughs> our supporters need to be reminded of these humble beginnings? This is something that we come back to a lot. On yeah, this we point, often talk it? about it on here, don't we? Um, again, I just think we've just got to... I'm not saying we've got to grow up, but I just think we have to accept that we are, you know, we're in our full season here. You know, we're, we're solvent. We're spending, we're getting a lot of money from the Premier League, you know. Um, the ground's slowly getting done up, you know, we've got investors. We, you know, it's, we're just moving on, we're moving on. Yes, we can always look back, but, you know. I think, it's, yes, I'm sure they do pinch themselves, as we all do, when we remember where we were five, six years ago. But um, we're not there anymore. Let's, I'd, 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 like to spend, I'd like to spend a bit of time looking forward. I think it looking is. Back. I think the the FA Cup final last season was almost like the cut off point. I think, I think so. Yeah. For for the previous period, but look, this is how far we got in that time. Brilliant, but that's the end of that era. This is the start of something new of us of us changing and, and like you say, looking forward. So, and I, I think you know, and, and, and I'm as guilty as most of always harping back to where we were and what we did. But I think it's just really important that we need to you know be, be focused on the future and whether that future includes. Pardew or not or whoever I don't know you know but let's just or us. let's or us even <laughs> after this pod um, but yeah I think we just need to start looking forward and going oh remember where we were five years ago oh we nearly out of business yeah, yeah I know we were but we're not so let's move on yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean I'm not, I'm not being I don't want to be callous like, about it but he can always hold us back yeah, exactly. a little bit I think he does hold us back a little bit so in a way getting rid of your Jedi's and people like that you know maybe that's part of the term maybe it's, we're in this big transition period that we're all part of that we don't even know we are it's the mentality though as well isn't it it's that oh here yeah. we go again yeah. here we yeah, go yeah, again yeah. we're going to get rid of it oh it's going to yeah, you know yeah. it's, it's palletised well, it's well, you know, but that has to change and I but, think, but then again that's what we're talking about an early question the soul of the club and that is the soul of the club it's that so what would be a um, respectable or acceptable season for you guys this, this year or next year Andy uh, well it's got to be an improvement on the league position last season you would have thought because mm. ultimately we probably finished lower than we should have done then mm. I think you've got to be looking around 10th surely really for it to be a respectable season yeah. I, I think we should really be looking to perform better than the three promoted clubs we should be looking to perform better than the likes of, of Bournemouth and possibly Swansea given how much we've spent mm-hmm. you know the, there's there's plenty of dross teams like West Brom in there as well. <laughs> so I, I, I think they've really got to be trying to push on for a, a top half finish and I think it, and I'd, it, I'd also like I'd like other teams to start worrying about coming to Sellers Park like they did a couple of seasons ago mm-hmm. and they don't anymore no I'd like people I'd like it to become I'd like it to become the fortress again home form we've, we've said it repeatedly for the last Rob, three Rob, years Rob mentioned, Rob mentioned you know, it you home know, it's form just, is a concern it needs to it's a big concern I think at the end of the season I'd like to be sat here you know on this, around this table at the end of May going wow we were amazing this, yeah. this didn't, season didn't oh, we finally sort the home yeah, form out we were terrible away from home but we were great <laughs> okay last couple of questions uh, Martin Walsh oh, hi, Martin. Hi, Martin. says should we introduce a points based answering system to reward those who have listened from the start of the podcast we talking about us for. I think he means for listeners. All oh, right. Yeah. How do we work that out? So do do we? I mean, are we going to go retrospectively? So Martin, you've listened to this point to try and get to this. So okay. I'll tell you what, Martin. If Martin has listened since 
pod, pod ten or earlier, he gets a free copy of the fanzine. Surely, if he can, if he can demonstrate somehow, can, one way or t'other, that he's listened since then, he gets a free copy of the fanzine. We can give him more than a copy of the fanzine. What do you mean? Well, we can't. We we'll can't give him the fanzine. <laughs> oh, okay, right. Sorry, Martin. Just a fanzine. Um, I'd be interested to know because I mean those early ones were terrible they were awful I'd be interested to know how many people we've, that are still listening have listened to the first handful I, I would I would imagine given the quality of those ones zero <laughs> do we have an archive of it, any of those no, 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 not going about that it got sealed in lead at the bottom of a nuclear pool <laughs> ok and speaking of uh, nuclear pools um, Kevin has agreed to swim in uh, Norbury Pond oh, hasn't he seamless if if, um, thanks. if what if Palace if Benteke scores twenty goals no 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 no, no. Let, let's get this right not Norbury Pool Thornton Heath Pond which has no water <laughs> okay I think that's the it's point it's basically a round <laughs> that's the point of the bet <laughs> yeah um, he said it and naked he said it I last think. season didn't he was it if we won the FA Cup no it was something that didn't happen yeah. um, and I think he said he'll do it naked uh, we'll still do it even if uh, obviously there's no water in but L- Liam Sanders hi Liam, Liam. has said for Kevin's bet. Can he wear Brighton coloured speedos as well? <laughs> Should we just say yes, on his, say yes on his behalf? Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think he will. I, I yeah. think he will as he well. Will. In fact, <laughs> he's probably. Should we go upstairs and see who's got a pair? We could do, yeah. yeah. He's, not, he's not here. He's not here. He's he's not here. here. And he probably won't listen to the pod anyway. He, so well, you won't know. You don't, no one listens listen to the pod, do you? No, I didn't know this one out. I thought it was just what we did. The four of us. He won't oh, I wonder what those microphones were doing there. Okay, right. That wraps up part two. Thank you very much for your Great questions. Part. Thank well you. Yeah, Good great. questions. In part three, we're going to look forward to Palace's next game, which is home to Bournemouth. Ooh. So, Jolly. Yeah. Join us in a bit. Welcome back to part three of this week's Five Year Plan podcast. Hooray! Pod. Yeah. yeah. Pod 184. Uh, first first competitive pod of the season oh, very us. good um, and sponsored though of course still by Vector Printing oh you remember you getting your match sharpness back I'm getting, very I'm good getting ma- I'm getting match fit yeah. um, Vector Printing for all your print and embroidery needs go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with a K K K and of course JCIS the global research and brand consultancy from South London visit jc-is.com I will JD I will straight after this pod very good. Very really self-assured. Good. Okay. Fantastic. Um, so Bournemouth at home on uh, Saturday. Um, I think at the start of the season, like the West Brom game, a sort of game we'd looked at and targeted three points. Mm-hmm. Given how badly we started the season, has it become a six-pointer? <laughs> no, because you only get three points with with. Three games in. They've lost both their <laughs> opening games as well. Have they? Have uh, they really? Lost to United at home, as you probably expect them to, and they lost at the London taxpayer-funded stadium, Ugh. 1-0 as well. Ugh. Can we just agree that, that it should not be called the London Stadium? Correct. Is that? Yeah, it's not a London. It's not the London Stadium. It's well, we've paid for it, so we can call it whatever we like. It's the, the FYP Stadium. stadium. It's now called the FYP Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. Can't wait. I'm not going to the FYP Stadium to watch. Palace have you seen at the back of it? Oh, yeah. They haven't even put some some chairs in in some rows, so that so that some people who bought season tickets and just got to sit effectively on a cinder block, which is quite funny. Oh, shit, they're just so far away from the pitch. It's just yeah. it's not built for football. It's built for athletics. So yeah. it's just I, I'm just surprised no one flagged this earlier. Twelve pounds <laughs> ninety for fish and chips as well. There we go. Twelve pounds ninety. Twelve pounds ninety. Yeah, and they've got popcorn stands 
but, it's because, but the thing is they're, they're charging that much sorry we're going off course no so, it's fine they're no, charging fine. that much because, uh, because the prices are set by the stadium owners so that, that's actually the what taxpayers was? yes so we're actually charging West Ham fans I feel, like, I feel like West Ham fans aren't paying enough fish and chips yeah, maybe we should. Be I think we should make a decision. To I've seen quite a lot of West Ham fans, and I can tell you that there's some sort of going on there. Jelly deals. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, it should not be called London Stadium. I just, I just don't like. Anyhow, that at Bournemouth. All. Bournemouth. Well, because Bournemouth. it's not the only stadium in London. Yeah, but like, what about just, Selhurst Park so, Stadium and the game that's happening there? Selhurst Park Stadium should then we should be allowed to call it the South London Stadium. Well, no, they, they've London done it Stadium. because they want to associate themselves with London. Well, London's also because they're thing. not allowed to call it the Olympic Stadium anymore. Because apparently it's Olympic protocol that once well, the Olympics... Why not call it the West Ham Stadium? Once if the Olympics have come and gone, there. you can't use the word Olympics oh, anymore. the East London But yeah, call it the East London Stadium or the West Ham Stadium or something. Yeah, or the Bobby Moore Stadium or, I don't know. Oh, the Upton Park Stadium. Well, it's not well, in Upton Park. That would be really confusing. <laughs> <with> <laughs> the tax I'll, meet you, I'll meet you at Upton Park. Having said that... It's now a Tesco. You know, we, are a, Tesco? we are a team called Crystal Palace that doesn't play in Crystal Palace. So... The freebie stadium. I mean, it was a freebie for them. Anyway, should we anyway, talk about Bournemouth? Bournemouth. <laughs> right, so the West Ham stadium thing winds me up, but it's fine. Um, but home to Bournemouth then. Uh, big game. They're all big games in this league. What was that? Yeah. Um, how would you like to see Palace set up? I'm assuming Benteke will start. I'd like us to play 11 men. You say that every time I ask that question, and I really need to remember and not ask that question. Um, Mandanda has to start. Okay. I think he will. I watched the game yesterday and uh, I, from my perspective and kind of assessment of it, I don't think we'll see MacArthur start because he, he just he, he just looked like he needs another an, at least another match or the international break to get fit. I think Kabai will start because he, he finished 75 minutes and he, he, the last game he did, he played a half. Um, so it, it's kind of likely that, that he'll step up to that. Uh, Benteke, I could see maybe starting from the bench. As in uh, being and then coming on for the, the second half, maybe Wickham so opposite to last night. Yeah. So having Wickham starting. Yeah, maybe because okay. Wickham's played two games already, and and you know he's he's been our. It's not that we're going to persist with Wickham because you know it'll come good, but I think it's because well, he, is, he is our joint top scorer. I think it's because Benteke just just he needs a little <laughs> bit more game time, and I think Pardew kind of implied that. Well, that's true. Yes. It's actually factually accurate. Yeah, you can't yeah. dispute that. You at can't all. even giggle at that. It's yeah, actually no. fact. He scored his first competitive goal at Selhurst Park yesterday. That's, oh, that was a shock. Really, that, was a, wasn't it? that was quite a shocking stat. It's crazy, actually. isn't it? Yeah, good yeah. finish, right? But yeah, it was a decent. Very good finish. Yeah. Um, so is is now with Benteke signed? Is 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 Wickham's hit, uh, future at Palace a bit bleaker than it was? Is that kind of him just now backup striker? Or, he's or, only twenty three. No, he spent so. too long out injured last season. Like, I think if anything, surely it will benefit him to be training with and occasionally playing with someone of that high quality you'd hope I mean that's always the, the argument that's given when mm. players go and leave to play for a better team they'll benefit from playing around better players yeah. you could and see, maybe it will benefit him you could see okay it's Blackpool context blah 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 they're, they're blood, a really awful team um, but you could see that there was a change in his attitude it was almost like he had to because he's got to fight for his position now it's mm. not just a case of well you know I'll turn up and I'll get picked and I, I, that's, I don't mean yeah. I don't no but you're right but that's him. the argument we're talking about the whole squad isn't it yeah. it's, just, you know, it's a squad game yeah So he need, but he needs that I think he needs that just as much as Suarez needs it just as much as Ward needs it you know they, they need players to push them and I think in, in Wickham's case I don't think that's going to be uh, I don't think that there's any negative whatsoever in terms of signing Benteke it will help him in terms of getting an understanding of how other, play, other top quality strikers play 
It will help him in terms of pushing him on to actually be a bit more competitive. He made runs yesterday that I hadn't seen him make in either the Spurs game or the, the West Brom game. So it's important. And, and Pardew's actually said um, that it would take some of the pressure off him, mm. which is surely a good thing. Yes. Um, this but is a- Mandanda has to start. <laughs> <laughs> he really, he really, really should. And how, do, and how do we think? How do we feel about this new chant for Mandanda? Steve. Is that it? That's, that's, it. that's, it. that's yeah. literally it. It's good. Yeah, fan yeah, of that. I like it. Simple, effective, to the point. But he's such a. There's just so. <laughs> that, that he really is. Uh, Should we Steve? Steve Mandanda. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's, he's one of those players, though. That, <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Uh, that's that's good. Um, well, yeah, Mandan. Yeah, what are you saying about Mandan? He's one of those players. Like you can see that there's he's one, a those, he's one of those players that can handle a ball in a game. But there's different. And not get told off. There's a difference uh, in quality. In the heat is getting there's, to a, there's a definite. There's a definite difference in quality. He's got. He's he communicates throughout the match. His defenders know all the time where where he is. His defenders know where he where he wants them to be. So the, there were there were times yesterday where the ball was coming through to him in the air, like that Blackboard hoofed it forward. And while he was waiting for the ball to come down, he's telling defenders get out wide or you know mm-hmm. pull in. And it's just that little bit more confidence and that kind of when you've got that level of authority, which is what Mandanda has. Mondonda. 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 Mondonda is, is the, this isn't catching on this is like when JD says pistachios I'm not having Mondonda on this pod no, no. Mandanda it's Mandanda Mandanda okay. yeah so Mandanda Steve, is <laughs> Mandanda he is the kind of Steve, Steve Mandanda <laughs> he's got the authority that I think Hennessy perhaps lacks a little bit of and more to the point he's not Wayne Hennessy which I think is a very big point in his favour. Fair point. Yeah. Who yet again managed to parry back into danger against uh, against Spurs, which you wouldn't yeah. really, you wouldn't expect. I feel that like though also so Rob's uh, sort of eulogy there of uh, not eulogy, he's not dead. Um, <laughs> Rob, <laughs> Rob um, uh, talking about Mandanda there. Um, he's clearly Mondanda. now going to throw the ball in his net on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be oh. some sort. Of. Yeah. Um, are we? I didn't really ask you guys earlier, but are we like? Are we happy with the transfer dealings we've done so far? Do we like? It feels like we have been uh, getting players in the positions we need things in. So I know it might not be over yet, but we happy? Are we happy with it compared to previous seasons so far? Well, we've not re-signed Andy Johnson and Kevin Doyle on the last day of the transfer window, so. You know, I suppose anything in comparison to that yeah, is probably I mean, a bit of a bonus. I'm, We've just signed our most expensive ever player. Uh, so now, God, happy with Townsend. I'm very happy. To, I think I think Townsend. Could, Are you not happy with Benteke? I am happy with Benteke, but I'm taking one at a time. Are you not happy with Tompkins? <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I just love them all. Uh, that would be a much better charm than the current Steve and Townsend. Um, yeah, I'm happy with Townsend. I think he is he's, he's looking. Speaking lively. of Townsend, um, his dad Troy listens to the pod. Hello, Troy. Hi, Troy. Hi, Troy. Hi, Troy. Apparently so. So, in the same way that we were responsible for Jednak leaving, not looking at any pod members right now, we're also responsible responsible for Andros coming. So there you go. Oh. Yeah. So he's his father a Palace fan. 
I've no idea. But he, he just listens he, to apparently from various pubs around the country. I, I think he did an event with Kevin, and Kevin probably I, mentioned, "Oh, I do this pod," and I think just to placate. Yeah. Kevin. <laughs> He's not listening. They're probably not. He's not listening. Troy, if you're listening, we love you. We do. We do. If you are Rotherham this week, if you are listening, but. On Benteke then, quickly, and this is a horrible question to throw at you guys, but um, it's it's what I do. Is is Benteke going to turn out to be a fantastic signing at thirty million or another thirty million pound flop? Oh, and as a whole, question, of course, because we don't. Not another, sorry, not another. I meant, I, I meant, will he be a thirty million pound flop again? Of course, we all would like to see him go. Yes, he's going to be worth every single penny. Pound, and he's going to be fantastic. He's got. And I need you not to sit on the fence in this one. I need you to go with your gut. Come on. What do you think? Um, it would be quite palace, wouldn't it, to sign someone for 30 million quid and then for him to never score? Yeah. So I'm going to go with that. I, got, I think i got a feeling it's going to be good. Oh. That's <laughs> really? Like, really? I'll tell you what, is that sort of insight they got him a job at joe.co.uk? That's right, that's right. Yeah. I, think it's, I think it's going to work out. I'm feeling, I'm currently feeling positive about Benteke. Weren't you a bit upset though when he scored against Man United? No, why would I be upset? I don't know. I've just seen you in, in national press wearing Man United uh, shirts. This, this guy who it was for a sketch in <laughs> which was <laughs> taking the piss out of United fans. Whereas so. there's a picture of Andy as a kid wearing a Liverpool hat, so it kind of levels oh. up, doesn't it? We reported my mother to the NSPCC yeah. for that one. Yeah. Um, I was taken into. We will leak that point. photo. I need, <laughs> <to> make, <laughs> I need to make a very quick announcement, actually, uh, oh, with God. regards to AJ. Are you pregnant? No, <laughs> you're yes. not getting married again. No. <laughs> Sorry. Brilliant. So anyway, sorry, it's fine. Um, the, the the from the the Robert Eaton <laughs> Memorial Fund game oh, yeah. that yeah. we played that, that with AJ, you played with AJ and De- and Sean Derry. Uh, we have some signed items that we need to auction on the website. Uh, okay, we will auction on the website. What um, are the items? They are signed boots from AJ. And a signed palace shirt from AJ and Sean Derry. Do we have to give them away, or can, <laughs> can I keep them? Um, I think they are. There are two sets of AJ's boots. One, one set I of AJ's boots. <laughs> I think it's left boot and right boot. So that left is normally boots. how boots no, come. <laughs> individually, it's got two left feet. Literally, we're, in, we're, we're auctioning off each one individually. That sounds great. With um, money going to the Renf. with money going to Renf, who uh, made an amazing five thousand pound donation to uh, Palace's community scheme uh, by purchasing a wheelchair for the for the uh, wheelchair um, uh, football for the foundation foundation yeah the foundation basically. Good stuff. Um, I so still hope that their football club never comes up. <laughs> so do me, I. Me too. Yeah. And it's a real shame that Glenn Murray is actually scoring goals. For we don't talk about that. No. It's a shame, but that the yeah. Renf Fund is like as well. Is, well yeah, yeah. No, we'll talk about Gale another time. We'll talk about, I don't Look to the future. Um, so yeah, so how can people find that out? We we will put that on the website and tweet about it and stuff. Yeah, so right. follow us on Twitter and Facebook yep. to get involved in that because that it should sounds, be it should be later this week or early next week. That, that sounds we'll uh, something worth getting involved in. Um, that's that's it. Uh, there's a fanzine on sale. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Fanzine on sale. which oh, maybe I'm so, maybe not. I'm so rusty. Who knows? Well, we just like to keep people on tenterhooks. Well, tenter- well, we'll what is a tenterhook? If anyone can ask me that, they get a free copy of the fanzine, or possibly a t-shirt. I'm feeling in a benevolent mood. You get a free one. So the uh, please don't give out those free t-shirts again. Again, that cost us so much money. <laughs> um, the podcast is on sale. 
The podcast is on <laughs> yeah. sale. God's sake, I'm sorry. We get to the end of it and then get charged the tenner. I need to finish this pod, I'm clearly not much for it. The fanzine's on sale this Saturday, hopefully on sale. We'll it will be, be on, sale. on sale this Saturday, uh, home to Bournemouth. For, uh, it's £1.50. Yep. And it'll be on sale from about one thirty around around the ground. Uh, one pound fifty one, three pound for two. That's two. That's yeah, good deal. It's a yeah good bargain. Uh, it'll be uh, bottom of the homestead, middle of the homestead, up uh, top of the homestead, and then probably along the main stand as well. Uh, yeah, just look around by saying holding up fanzines. Can good. I get it on the homestead? Uh, <laughs> I think so. Okay, okay. okay, that is the end of pod one eighty four. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, uh, chaps. Thanks for returning. Thank you for inviting us. I think I feel like it's been a first game of the season, Paul. I think we've sort of gone through the motions a bit, but I feel like we've finished the pod stronger oh, than we started. It. It's been great. So I mean, everyone's going to have tuned in with massive optimism. <laughs> yeah, got about twenty minutes in. Oh, not this <laughs> again. Go, yeah. It's mostly my fault. It's been a rust. It's been a rusty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's been I'll a pre-season hosting for me. But um, we, yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you again soon. Bye. 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 Time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.